0: Hey, Freedom Fighters, this is David Delaney with TenBound. Thank you so much for listening to the Sales Development Podcast and tuning in each week. You are amazing. Sales development is the hardest job on the go-to-market team, and you do it well every day, and we appreciate you being here. Hey, I wanted to really quickly let you know about a project that we've been working on over the last couple months, that we launched a beta version over at tenbound.com forward slash directory. And what this is, is a directory to help you out as you're looking for products and services that support your sales development efforts. As you may know, we have developed the first sales development industry market map, where we pull together the very, very specialized products and services that are created to help you hit your sales development goals. And the number one The request that we got after we developed the market map is, hey, how do I double click on this and learn more about the companies, products and services that are on the market map here on TenBound? And we didn't have anything like that. You could just basically download the market map and kind of use it as a guide to start looking at some of these other companies that you may need for your sales development strategy. So we developed the directory, and what it is is basically – You look at the market map, you look at the quadrant that you're interested in. So, say you're shopping for outsourced SDR services, or you're looking at all the different availabilities around sales engagement platforms that are there. Now, you can actually double click on that, go to the directory, and each one of the companies will have their own page, a showcase page, where they can put down very quickly okay, what's the difference between them and the other ones? What's their value prop? What are their case studies? And how do I get in touch with them? You know, boom, boom, boom. An easy way for you to, to check whether they're legit. This is a beta version. So we're going to be developing more robust capabilities so that you can save companies, look at their various ratings on the rating sites, and have that all in one place as you're doing your sales development research. So we're really excited about that. If you are a company, that sells to the sales development community. Be sure to claim your profile, get on there, register, get your page up, get your value prop up, get a few differentiators so that people know about you and they don't have to go to you know, a bunch of different sites. They can just start to gather that information in one place. And be sure to leave a comment, let us know what you think, let us know what it's missing, what would help you to be able to determine your sales development strategy and companies that you use that aren't on the market map and are not in the directory, but should be that have really helped you to achieve your sales development goals. So again, it's 10bound.com forward slash directory. Get on there, check it out. Let us know what you think. Thanks. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast, early morning edition. It is Dawn here in, in San Francisco, and I am honored at this very beautiful morning that we're having some fall some early fall morning i am honored to have on the line mr mark ebert vp of sales at six cents how you doing today sir
1: good morning good morning and i'm sorry i made you get up this early <laughs> excited to be on and we're a big fan and yeah excited to chat yeah
0: i am too man i mean i've been a big fan of six cents you know for a long time coming from the same industry for a while, watching what your company's doing. And I was so honored to be introduced to you as the VP of sales and you know get to know your story a little bit on your background in the SDR, BDR world, and you know how you've, you know, made that leap to a senior leadership position. I know that you're you're out in Boston, you're more of a Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts type of guy. We I like Pete's. I got my Pete's here. So I'm
1: <laughs> I'm excited. I have a large I have a large Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee uh, coffee in front of me today.
0: Oh dude, you're going to be bringing the energy. I love it. <laughs>
1: you got you got, you got
0: that that buzz.
1: And That's yeah, yeah, right.
0: So tell us about your journey. I mean, I fa- I find it fascinating that you know, you've seen all the different parts of the sales organization and really now you're you're running the show. So how did that how did that whole thing happen?
1: Sure. Well, it started when I was looking for a job out of college, you know, and, and was, I knew, I knew that, you know, I wasn't a doctor and I wasn't a banker, but I wanted to find a way to start paying some bills quickly. And so sales was naturally a good place to go, give it a shot and found my way as a BDR at a, at a company division of experience. I was, you know, just graduated and got my, got my career started there and really I learned I'll talk about it, learned learned a ton as my time as a BDR and the, the company had a program that they put us through. But yeah, it was it was quite an experience. It was not easy, but one that I would uh, I'd never go back and take away.
0: <laughs> nice. Now I wanna I wanna dive in more on on you know your journey, but really quickly Experience a big company. That's a huge company, right? It's I think it's like an Irish company. I mean, it's it's a massive billion dollar company, right? Right. Okay. So they must have had you would think at these big companies, like you come in as a new recruit and they have everything organized and it's very, you know, they put some resources around like onboarding and training. Was that your experience coming in or was it sometimes at the bigger <laughs> companies? They just throw you off the deep end, and it's like sink or swim.
1: Yeah, it was. Well, it was cool. We were we were a division of Experian Marketing Services, and we were kind of like, we were in a way a startup inside a you know a multi billion dollar company, and it was a it because it was actually the, the division was a company, and so yeah, we had a bunch of British guys in the Boston office. And they were like hard driving sales culture kind of leaders. And it was absolutely a sink or swim environment. But so not a whole lot of structure, but they did invest a lot in training. And so, you know, to this day, I would still say, you know, we had specific people who who came in and trained us who, you know, changed my career path. You know, I learned we learned a lot during those those years with them. The rest of the support structure as a BDR was more, you know, close your laptop, get a list of names and phone numbers and dial away.
0: Just just find <laughs> somebody to talk to, <laughs> go out and get it. And, and what, what, are it. Your, what are your thoughts now? I mean, as, you, as you've been in the sales game for a while, it, what's better for an SDR program? Is it, is it like the hard yeah. driving sales culture, sink or swim, smile dial? Or, or is it more of the like? I'm gonna enable you, and it's like a, some some BDR programs report to marketing, and it's very structured toward the campaigns and things like that. I mean, I guess yeah. it's not either or. But what are your thoughts on on that culture? Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm glad you asked. I mean, it's a fascinating. It's a great question. I firmly believe now that the BDR programs today are so important. To a company's health, right? Like they are the engine that drives the pipeline, and historically, they haven't been supported. Uh, you know, from the top, it was kind of like, uh, I think, wrongly always looked at as, well, you know, let's see how they do. If they don't make it, they don't make it. You know, we'll go hire more, and that's just not that doesn't work anymore. And no one wants to. No, you, you'll churn your way out of BDRs or SDRs faster than you can imagine if that's kind of the culture you build. So we, you know, at Sixth Sense even, we, it, what works for us is that we've, we build a culture kind of from the top down of prospecting. And what, like, what I mean by that is everybody across the org is expected to prospect. And it's, it's, you know, from our CEOs to our founders to our, you know, marketers to anyone else in the company prospecting is a company-wide culture and we're there to, you know, support the BDR teams and it works that way because they're, they're not seen as a, a rogue group of, you know, college grads, just trying to make it. It's, they're a part of the bigger picture. And, you know, you got a lot of people wrapping their arms around them trying to help them succeed. And, and I just think that the days of a BDR program that isn't supported across the org i mean those are quickly going to go away so i think i think it has changed considerably and the other thing david is that there's just so many options for where you can go work now i mean there's if you're not treated well in one place you know there's 15 other great companies that'll hire you in a second so yeah, as an employer you got to be kind of aware of that
0: yeah, that's so true this is really interesting because I've been predicting this there's going to be a new generation I think you're at the vanguard of a new generation of sales leaders who came up in the world of the new BDR SDR world and really get mm-hmm. it because the stereotype is like of a VP of sales is like kind of a uh older dude like me with some gray hair and you know they came up in the world of you know here's a list and like just pound out a bunch of calls you know like shut up and dial you know and it's yeah, like right. that, that um, there's a culture clash happening out there in companies that we see you know that that it's like the new generation of SDRs and BDRs that are coming up are coming into that kind of environment and to your point mm-hmm. like hey there's a lot of options out there there's a lot of people like Mark, who get the whole program and want to support you, so i'm just going to take off and work at this other company
1: mm-hmm. you got it and the other thing I think that's changed too is the 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 you know the b d r or s d r path isn't oh isn't just always now a direct line to sales i mean oftentimes it's a a natural fit where you know, you succeed. You know, like like I did as a BDR, right? And then you get you find your way as an AE eventually, and you're selling. But the other big shift is that you know the BDR programs are are recruiting great people, and then they're finding out what their strengths are while they're working there. And you know, we're an example. Like we we promote BDRs into all different positions in the company. Some you know some of them into sales, some of them into customer success, others into product. But, you know, it's, I think that's changed a lot too.
0: I think so too.
1: The expectations of where these people, these, you know, they're young, they're starting their careers, where they go doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily one direction anymore.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I remember I like just only five or six years ago, a CEO telling me like, hey, we're not a, we're not like a career planning, you know, like opportunity for people. We just need people to come in do the SDR job and either sink or swim, you know? And I was just like, that's such a short term, you know, mindset because here you've done all this, you know, spent all this money to bring people in. They're super bright. Maybe being an SDR is not their strength, but they're so bright and stuff. Why can't we find something for them to do in the company to add value?
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. And and what's cool now is there are, you know, the as we look at, as I look at kind of what's what's changing. And and if you go off this concept of, well, how do companies invest in the program? They're not only, I think like you've got to have a group of people who actually value that, that, that team and help out. Actually it's funny. Like our C, our CMO Latney, she goes and goes and meet, she lives in Chicago, but she heads out to San Francisco a lot. She'll, she was a BDR, you know, for a couple of days. And actually doing the work with them at a desk, with a phone, you know, in an email and using sales loft and kind of like really going through it. So on one end, like you've got to have like the the, the team supporting and valuing the group. The other end is now she advocates a lot on this, which is there are just there are so many ways that a company can invest in technologies and things to help make their lives easier because the notion of like a cold call or a cold email is almost we would almost call it gone like you shouldn't have to be making complete cold anything anymore because there are you know tools that like there're plenty of things where that's the business we're in but there are so many ways in which now we can invest in technology to help them you know get their job done easier
0: I love that I mean I think that y- you know you've created that culture of top-down support that and you, you mentioned it everybody prospects and that is so interesting because now you you can actually run the process and the CMO even ran the process and realized like whoa there's there's these gaps there's different ways that we can support people and even using your own technology we can support people to you know not only make it easier but we get better results i would think from the efforts of these people instead of just like again we're blowing up traditions right now it's like the the old school way of just go sit in the corner and like make cold calls you know
1: mm-hmm. yeah exactly we were at a customer on site yesterday and they have a they have this concept of a power hour so it's funny it's not it's not actually an hour it's it's 90 minutes but it's a 90 minute power hour of prospecting and they do it three days a week. And they were telling, I was interested to hear about their program, but they, you know, to get them focused so that there's a specific time where we know like there's no, no distractions, no interruptions, and we're going to crank through it. And, but at the same time, like when they rock up for their power hour, they've got their, their lists are prioritized from the top down based on, you know, who's probably most likely to to, to pick up the phone or convert to an opportunity. That was an example of a program just yesterday. We were on, Ted like, we got to do that at, at our company. That sounds like a good, a good idea. Know, do you guys hear that a lot of of BDR teams structuring their week like that?
0: Yeah, we do. And, you know, you mentioned something that's super important. And it's, again, getting support from the the leadership in order to put some resources to support the the sales development program because you mentioned there was some help with list prioritization you know and organization and another something that we see a lot is like a company will have a set power hour and they'll you know everybody is really going to focus on making outbound contact but then they leave the list building and the organization up to the sdr team which you know Is not the best use of their time you know and it's like yeah and and I mean even there's some like macho machoism of like hey man you know make it at home over the weekend like make your list at home over the weekend while you're watching Game of Thrones you know (laughs) right that's just you're basically from a leadership position you're just punting because you're like oh that's their job. Well, not really. I mean, the the job of the SDRs is to have conversations with people, you know, and, and like, talk about their issues and, and entice them to take a meeting with one of the sales reps. It's not, like, building lists and stuff like yeah. that. So, yeah, but the power hour thing is great, but you got to have it organized and, like, have everything ready for them when they go into that so they can crush it,
1: I think. I think that's, you know, you, you probably talk to a lot of teams who have... The technology is like a sales loft or an outreach that helps, like you know, get the actual work of the reaching out done, and then the the like the training tools like a like we use Gong at Six Sense to help train when we go back and we listen to our calls and things like that. We we're a sales loft user as well, but that's the thing. We're now handing these BDR teams awesome technology to go do outreach at scale and. So where where we're kind of in the space trying to evangelize is great, we've got we've got a really powerful tool in the hands of our teams, but now we gotta like point it in the right direction and we gotta if we're gonna make a hundred dials, let's make sure that those hundred dials are the right ones. And you know, there's plenty of data out there now to help make that job a little bit easier. But it's it's fun because when you get the the combination of like good targeting, good good insights, good data. And then, you know, you get these tools to help, you know, make it easier to make the the calls and the emails. And then you've got on the back end a good coaching structure, whether it's using technology or call recording or whatever. You know, I think that's a, a good makeup to help to help the team be as efficient as they can. I wish I had I mean I wish I had gone years ago. That that platform is amazing to help us coach.
0: Those are game changers, definitely. And it's funny because, hey, ladies and gentlemen, anyone listening to this, like I talk to a lot of sales development programs. What What Mark is running is high class. I mean, this is like the way the, your philosophy of running this is the new, the new way of doing it. And so if you're not hearing a lot of this from your VP of sales, you may want to give Mark a call and try to get on his team because this is really good stuff. Now, let me ask you, you've got, okay, so say in a f- perfect future state, Mark, like you've got the targets, you got the insights, you got the tools, you got the coaching set up, everything's like dialed in. But it also comes down to sometimes being a BDR is not for everyone, right? They, they see the ad in the paper, they listen to this and they go, oh man, that looks cool. Like I want to do that. And then they get in and, and they're just like struggling and having a hard time. How how do you how do you know you know maybe there's nothing anything that you could transfer them to within the company? How do you deal with it when it's like, hey, we set up this killer program, but you're just not the right person for this job?
1: Good question. It's hard. So I think the first the first way I would look at it is it is an incredibly difficult job. I mean, to this day, it was the hardest job I've ever had to do, and so it's not easy. And it's just repeated failure over and over and over again. You know, some sometimes it's just really hard to hear no so much that, you know, it'll it'll get you down. But the moment, you know, there are some people though that all they need is that one yes and they're they're lit on fire. They're like, you know, ready to go. But that's the thing is so I think some people do naturally they're you know, they'll naturally admit that, okay, this isn't for me. Where we look for what we look for is the people who have when they when they see that the that look this is a building block of your career and there this isn't where you're you're not going to be a BDR for the rest of your life and you you want to get into sales right or you want to get into an, another type of role if they look at it like like that and they they know that okay I'm going to put my time in I'm going to make it happen and I want to because I really do want to get into sales then we try our best to identify. Okay, then we need to keep investing in them because they'll get through it. There are then those the, the the people that are like, hey, look, this totally isn't for me. I've got it, and and that's where we shift the conversation to to try and figure out. Okay, well, you know, what do you really want to do, right? Because I think it's I think it's ridiculous for for companies to think that people know what they want to do in their first year out of college or whatever in their job. They often don't know what they want to do yet, and that's okay. And then it's our job as leaders to help them you know find what's what's best for them.
0: We got to figure it out because from a business perspective you're like, okay, I I need the appointments for the sales team which translate into good solid quality pipeline so that I can hit my number. Like you're looking at it from that analytical perspective, but on the flip side it's like people are not automatrons, you know, they're not like we can't just I mean, it, despite what you see on LinkedIn, like we're not at the point where you can just hire robots to do the BDR job, you know?
1: That's right. So it's like, not even close. Leader,
0: you're kind of stuck in the middle there because you, you, you got to figure out, I got to make my number. But at the same time, these people are people, you know? Mm hmm. So,
1: well, you know, so going back to the, the experience job that I had, the, the, the guy who ran the company always finished all his emails with, make it happen. That was his like closing three word in his emails. And, you know, to this day, I've got the words, make it happen, like burned into my memory in everything that I do. And sometimes you find like, you find the most talented salespeople that when you, when you say, look, it's, it's like, we'll put, you know, it's good. Like you said, the data, the tools we'll will support you as much as we possibly can, but you've got to go make it happen. And sometimes all you need to do is just be very clear on what the what the what is the number? What do you need them to achieve to be successful? What is their quota? You know, whatever it might be appointments, meetings, and you'll naturally find the people who, you know, are desperate to go hit the number and they'll just they'll make it happen. And and that, that was like that was the whole thing with me. And it was you know, I was new. I was new out of school. I but it was nice to hear hey, look, there are things outside of your control. Don't worry about it. Put your blinders on and make it happen. And yeah, I think it was a big, something that really helped me in my career. Just have put a number in front of you and say, go make it happen and you'll find a way.
0: Yeah, I mean, I love that. And a little pitch for John Barrows on on the John Barrows website. He sells a T shirt that just says "Make It Happen," and I've got that T shirt and I wear it. And it's like, okay, I I can do this, you know. So I love that. It's kind of a stoic philosophy, you know. If there's there's the things that you can control, and then there's everything else that's outside of your control. Yeah. And. And it, it, after right. you study stoicism for a while, all of a sudden your radar goes up. Like, as soon as somebody starts talking, you're like, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> like, you're talking about things that you're blaming. Like, your radar goes up. Like, you're blaming other people. You're finger pointing. You're, you're like talking about things and you're not, you're not taking ownership of what you're doing. I'm literally, Mark, I'm pointing right now at nobody because I'm in my room by myself, but <laughs> I'm pointing my finger saying, are you blaming others right now? Or is this something that, that we can actually control and you could make it happen, but you're spending your time blaming others. So yeah. Yeah. It's that. And then, and then what you're saying is after a while you can like, it's just sort of an, almost like a natural selection. And hopefully you're ending up with a bunch of people that can make it happen. And that's how you that's right. Move forward.
1: Okay. That's right. Well, and there are some, I mean, yeah, some people naturally will, you put, a, you put a target, you put a number in front of them and you just watch. They'll naturally obsess over hitting it, you know, and that's, there are things in, in there maybe that are natural to them. There are things maybe that they've learned how to get, get there, but that, you know, my advice to anyone kind of r- like running a sales team or a BDR team is you can strip a lot of it away. If you're just trying to find talent, strip it all away and just watch who cares about their number and just just see who cares about it. But if you put a number in front of them and they talk about their number a lot, they talk about their quota, they're constantly saying like, hey, look, you know, I'm not there, I'm not there, as opposed to there's a big group of people who they don't seemingly ever talk or care or worry about the number in front of them. It's an easy way to find the high performers amongst the others. And if there are BDRs listening, I'd say take that note too. Like make sure if you if you're really just gonna worry about what you're doing all day, just make sure it's the work you're putting in is just driving to to your number because that's at the end of the day, you know, what's gonna put you at the top of the list. You know, hopefully get you get you promoted out of there.
0: Big time. Yeah, I tell people in our manage we do like a manager one oh one class and I'm like the further up you go in the food chain of the company the more it just becomes numbers where where the people at the very very top are just sitting there looking at spreadsheets all day. So take that advice and it's interesting because you're you're observing, you know, you're like the leader. You're observing. You're like, okay, she's talking about her number, how she's gonna hit her number. She's really focused on her target. He's just like talking about something else all the time. So huh interesting. And now, let me ask you this is the classic question. So, are great salespeople born or are they made through training or is it some combination of both?
1: You know, until I have you ever read the book Grit?
0: Yes. Or heard of it? I love that book, Angela
1: Duckworth. It's probably one of my favorites. Something like that. Yeah. 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 And my whole takeaway after reading the book was that grit is something that can be learned, grit is not something that You know, oh, I'm just not born with it. You know, you can't, that's not grit. And I I found it fascinating because, you know, that the question you asked was, are they natural born, you know, or, but what I found is, I think you have to combine the the concept of learning that you need to like funnel your internal grit to get accomplished what you want to get accomplished. And that's the other piece of the equation, which is like, what are they? what are you driving towards like what does motivate you to go to work every day and you know if you're in sales there's certainly like the the money aspect should be important to you right but it's not the only thing and i think it's so it's it's combining those two things which is like why am i waking up and going doing this every single day and then how do i pay attention to like the energy and the effort that I'm going to put into my work and if you you know read the book it goes into kind of how to do it and I, I would say it's a combination of those two things.
0: Yeah. I agree and you know I think talent talent is is something. I mean some people are more talented than others, right? At anything. I mean and but talent alone is not going to get you to the top of the list. It's also combining that with grit and a hard work ethic, and I, I, I think you said something really interesting that, you know, they they're hearing no. They have they're they're talking to a lot of people who are at this moment are not interested. You know, so they're hearing no out there, but also, how are you taking the coaching that you're getting from from your manager or from other BDrs and 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 putting that into your program? And that's kind of grit. Grit also is like being coachable to some extent, because you're hearing things and your ego is not so big that you're like, I know everything, you know, you you bring that into your practice, deliberate practice. And then hopefully you have a little bit of talent, man, that would be a killer combination, right?
1: Yeah, you've got it. And, you know, but it, I, I don't think it should be short that sometimes, like I was for one thing that I'm fortunate of is that I was forced my first, my first job as a BDR, I was forced to sit down and write what our goals were. I remember like some of my best friends to this day were, were guys and girls that I worked next to in the BDR team, but we would, we would write out what we were trying to accomplish and, you know, stick it on our desk. But if I wasn't forced to go through that exercise to really spend some time soul searching, like, what do I want to get done with my time here? And, you know, for me, it was like, pay off college debt as fast as possible, you know, start a savings account, you know, so I can start, you know, having some fun on the weekends. And the guy next to me, Joe a Crane, I'll never forget, he had a picture of a, a boat, you know, in front of him. And it was like, that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to save up a bunch of money. But it wasn't until we sat back and we said, hey, we're going to go in. We have a really hard job to do. There's no question. There are easier jobs out there. But if we're going to do this, why are we here? Let's get straight on what we're trying to achieve. And then let's, like you said, let's make sure, you know, we learn, we've got to iterate, we've got to be coachable. And you combine those two things together, you can have a pretty successful career. So
0: true. I mean, it's, it's like, you got to find that why, why, why am I doing this? And I would just say to anybody who's listening, like if you're early in your career and you're still trying to figure that out, dude, it took me forever to figure out what my why was and what truly motivated me. And, and so I remember being frustrated for a long time because I would like, we live in a consumer society, right? So I would be like, what's my why, you know? So I'd, I'd put up and this isn't a dish on Joe at all and boats are awesome, but I'd put up like a picture of a Ferrari or something. And it's just like, it wasn't, it wasn't like intrinsically what I was motivated by. It was just like, that's what, that's, what we should be motivated by because we live in a consumerist society but you know i would say when i did find my why it there's nothing more motivational than that because it's it's deeply rooted in everything you're doing so it's like if you get the door slammed in your face or somebody says no or somebody's mean to you you're just like it just it just i mean it hurts still but it's like it's not as like debilitating as when i didn't know what I was working toward you know what I mean,
1: yeah, and I think keep looking. good managers have that conversation with their reps, like you've got to have you've got to have that discussion or you know you've got to have it with yourself and then and then you're showing up to work every day with the focus and you you know why you're there, but that's why i like i this podcast, that's why I'm such a huge believer in sales, and you know the, for me, the sales career helped me you know, accomplish my, like my dreams to this day, like now. And I get to coach people and do it, but finding the, finding the motivation behind it and then finding a way to have fun with it is is probably the other big piece. Cause like I said, it's a hard job, man.
0: It's hard, man. And it only gets harder. I mean, as you go up the chain, the only thing is you get more zeros on your paycheck when you get up into the ranks, which is good because (laughs) it depends what your why is. You could buy a lot of cool stuff. Uh, You could buy, you could buy, I mean, you know, dude, VP like anybody on this who needs motive if you're like money motivated, VPs of sales do really, really well financially. So keep going when you get up there. Not to put you on the spot, Mark, but <laughs> anyway, so claw your way up and and keep moving and you know, implement this stuff. And I love the I, I circled it. You had to write down your goals, you know, and somebody made you write down your goals because I think when you try to get into like self-help and self- self-improvement because you're not getting that coaching from somebody, that's really hard. Like you got to be super self-motivated to make your own like goal setting program or make your own time management program. Like I mean, you know, I've tried like it's it's hard to keep that up, but if 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 you have a coach or if you have a good mentor who's like, hey man, you got to write down your goals. You got to put up that picture of a boat, you know? You know that's so helpful, because I think especially when you're early in your career like you don't you don't get those those self improvement books and like put together your own goal setting program because you, you just nobody you don't know about that stuff, you know, and so you need a coach to like make you write down your goals, make you find your why, like make you find that motivation you know
1: yeah that and How to, like you you just mentioned it a minute ago, but that and how to manage your time. Cause that, that I found was the hardest thing for me to learn how to do. Like our CEO, Jason was just this last week or something was in Forbes and you you had a piece about like everything you should do, you know, evaluate whether it's top priority and then reschedule yourself to make sure that you're getting done. We absolutely have to get done. And sometimes like I need to hear that every week. Because, in as a, like as a BDR or as a rep, so you know, in sales, you sometimes you'll find yourself doing things just because you're feeling like you're accomplishing them, you're you're accomplishing something, but it's not necessarily accomplishing what you need to accomplish. And so the the whole time prioritization, like that, has to be taught because hell, I didn't learn. I you know, they say that's what college is for, and I didn't learn how to do it in college. But when as soon as I, I got into the working world. I felt like I, I was hit with a tidal wave. I didn't know where to spend my time. It's hard.
0: 100% man. You get deer in the headlights, you know? And and also like I'm picking up my phone. I mean, we have we have this this computing power, more computing power than put a man on the moon in 1969 like in your pocket right here in your phone, and it's so distracting. And it's like at any time that you start to feel a little bit bored or like uncomfortable, you just pick up your phone and you can go to Instagram, right? And just start looking at like all these fabulous, you know, vacations that people are having. And so there's massive distraction. And I, I think you hit it right on the head. It's like the number one skill if if you're, you know, a salesperson or a BDR is like, what are the the measurements that are going to drive you toward making your number? And how can you spend as much possible time in those things even though maybe they're uncomfortable and not fun and and like you want to be distracted or you want to pick up your phone like spend as much time as you can in those things and really hold yourself accountable and and i'm not saying i'm an expert i, I dude i still need help as doing this like every day i wake up i'm like what am i doing you know So it's like I'm not going to say I'm an expert on that.
1: Well, hey, that's the beauty of being in sales, though. It's very black and white whether you're getting your job done or not. And you know, for me, I actually like that because it's if there's one measure, like I don't know, you either did it, you either did it or you didn't. And your end goal in sales is to just manage to that one thing because it's very you can't hide from your number. You know, it's just there. So I would say like that's kind of the the nice part about. The sales career is it is in your control, and you have and you, and it's very clear as to what success means and If you go interview cMOs that's a whole different story. it's very hard to define what like a successful cMO or someone like marketing, but in sales it's pretty straightforward that's so true in, a, in an odd way it's kind of i kind of enjoy that
0: <laughs> well you you know you get out of school, you've been in school for like twenty years, you get out all of a sudden. There's no more report cards. Like, I mean, it's like, we need, we need like adult report cards, you know, it's like, instead it's like, you go into your performance review and your boss is like, you suck. You got an F, you know, and you're just like, I, what? (laughs) Like, but with sales, you know, you, you're pretty much no every day. Like, okay, I'm, I'm getting a C minus. Like I need to step up my game here. And it's like with your health, you know, you go in for a checkup and it's like, dude, you're pre-diabetic, you got high blood pressure, like you got a nap, (laughs) buddy, you know? And it's like, but we need more. That's why I like the Apple Watch, you know? The Apple Watch made a huge difference in, we need like an Apple Watch
1: for sales,
0: you know? The Apple Watch, like-
1: I think you're onto something. This sounds like a business.
0: I know, I got a couple of them. I got a million of them, God, I mean, but, you know, you need like- It tells me to stand up. It tells me to go for a run. It tells me all these things. And it'd be cool. Somebody should make an app that's like, how many cold calls did you make today? Or, you know, like, not cold calls, but how many people did you talk to? And, you know, how many appointments did you set? All these things. So you're like, bing, okay. But to that question. Yeah, you're right. I want to ask you. I want to ask you. I worked in the, I'm going to just switch gears a little bit, but I worked in the predictive space a few years ago. I know that there's been a lot of iterations, a lot of movement in the industry, but to the point of time management, the reason that I wanted to get into the space that you're in now with Sixth Sense is I struggled so much as a sales development leader to prioritize and to some extent time manage where we were spending our times as BDRs, right? And the shiny object was, if we plug in these predictive systems, then they'll help us to organize that. And, you and so, it. and so, how do how do you guys play into that, or is it something completely different now?
1: No, you're you're right. So our whole angle is that of all the companies that you can be out selling to, right? There is a real truth behind the fact that there are some that are absolutely not in in market for what you have to sell there are some that are you know beginning their research maybe they're approaching a project or they're trying to solve a problem others are in the middle of evaluations and so the way we attack that problem is we can use big data and machine learning and our our algorithms to determine we know how likely is every company out there to buy your product and then we so we take this approach of hey, flip the whole concept of like a lead on its head. A lead is to the point where someone's already raised their hand saying hey, well, I'm interested in talking with you. But if we sit around waiting for inbound leads, we're all gonna kind of we're all gonna die. You know, we're not gonna hit our numbers. So our whole approach is hey, let's let's use this this really rich insight to figure out okay who is in market. So if I am gonna call a hundred accounts like these hundred. Are likely going to respond to our messaging, and then we got to and then we give the insights to the sellers so that when they pick up the phone or write an email, they have context behind why they're in market. So we'll tell them, well, they were researching your competitor twice yesterday, or you know, they were anonymously on your website. So we give them like that breadcrumb trail for you know helping get that appointment. But the whole idea is let's go prioritize based on the accounts that are in market and then give the contextual feedback so that we can go make the outreach and open up the opportunity
0: No, it sounds i mean dude it sounds like a secret weapon like i mean that is amazing and i dabbled around a little bit with with g2 crowd and in their they 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 can tell you you know when somebody's interested and it's hard because you don't actually know who the person is but somebody at that company is interested right and and so with your system, I always thought it was for big companies, but this is like five years ago when I was in the predictive space. But but now, right, even smaller companies can get this because I mean, this it sounds amazing.
1: Yeah, it's, well, it's actually so our our fastest growth right now is our our mid market and SMB team, and so and generally speaking, the, one of the reasons why is because well. First off, yeah, we did. We used to really sell into the enterprise. We fixed our, you know, we worked on our pricing model to make it work better for SMB, but it's so competitive. If you're a smaller company, you don't have a whole lot of time to waste to like hit your pipeline numbers. And generally speaking, the, you know, the lifeline's a little bit shorter. And so we just found a good, a good niche there because we can help them pretty quickly. So yeah, we work with, you know, your startups all the way up through your, you know, Fortune 10s and everywhere in between
0: i love that so how how hard is it to set up like say i'm uh you know i'm i'm honestly asking for myself but like what do i have to do to get it plugged in and dialed in and stuff so that the bdrs can start using it and not cold calling anymore
1: yeah well so you know we look at it like we the way we turn on the platform is basically we can get you a live instance in a day and then what you do is you kind of load in this concept of like your keywords the things that you want to find out who's researching you know different different topics things like that and so and then we work with getting your first party data done so like your things like your website we can tell you everyone who's visiting the site we put all that into a view and then that's then made available inside of salesforce pretty quickly so it's it can get set up pretty fast. We run some interesting pilots and that's, that's basically how we, that's how our team sells is set, set that up so that you start seeing the insights yourself. And then, yeah, then we work with training the teams on how to use it.
0: Okay. So, so let me ask you, so like a trigger event for, for me at 10 bound is a sales development manager or director leaves the company or they, they are just hired, you know? So, if they're leaving, that means maybe maybe it's in flux right now, and they need some they need a level set, or they need to like you know they need some advice on where to go with the sales development team, or they maybe need some training because now there's no manager anymore, so nobody's training the team, right? And so they might leave the company, or if there's a new one that comes in, then it's like okay, it's honeymoon time, you know? We like they can get budget and they can they can launch a new initiative with regards to their sales development program. So, you know, you could think about like, there's this coming into the company and leaving and like all the activity that takes place in that process. Is there anything that you guys could do to help identify any signals or triggers or anything like that, that, that would pop up for me and say, okay, this is a company that you should look at? Not, not to put you on the spot. I mean, I know that that's a very, that's a very unique use case. But I mean, that's what I need, you know. So you know, might as the, well ask. the
1: triggering of of people moving between companies is not something we do today. But you, that is a, a great indicator, like you know, like you said, of an in, it, what you would call like an intent signal for you. But like the ones that really resonate for our customers that we help out with are, you know, we know. When they're they're talking to named competitors, right? Or they're you know they're on your site but they're not submitting a lead. And so we would say you know what better signal for if you're a BDR trying to set a meeting when you see last week like ten times you, you can tell someone's doing that research for a competitive solution. Yeah, it's a motivation to pick up the phone, and make a call because you know there's probably something going on.
0: Hundred percent. Yep. Yep. And so you get those those various signals and technology, right? I mean, technology is a huge, would seem to be a huge indicator. I don't know how it would work necessarily, but it's like they just bought sales loft, you know? So wow. Okay. So th- that tells me they must have a BDR team. They must want to invest in this function and maybe it's a good time to call them. So that could be a signal as well. It seems like technology purchases or something like that.
1: Yeah. We have, yeah, we have, it's like, we call it the tech install data is, you know, a piece and you can go, you can buy that data on your own or, or get it through something like SixSense or one of, one of the other platforms, but that's right. You know, and lots of companies that we work with, you know, they say, Hey, we have to work with companies who run on Amazon WS. So like, we need to know first and foremost, do they run on AWS and then, and then we can go target within there. So that's an example. Yeah, you're you're right. That's a big one for a lot of companies that have kind of tech restrictions.
0: You know, again, I mean, it, it comes all the way back the fact that, you know, you're you're the new generation of VP of Sales leaders that really understand how much technology there is and and all these signals that are out there to enable the BDR program and think of it in a much more strategic way versus the old school way of doing things because if you think about it like for all most of the people that listen to this are in the tech industry and there's certain signals there's did they come to your website did they what kind of technology do they use did they blah blah you know all these different like data points that are out there that are that that are warm up the call you know um and and we have to enable that for for people otherwise our competition is going to and we're going to get our butts kicked right
1: that's it that's why yeah, yeah that's why I love waking up every morning working where I do because you know I've lived it I've lived the life of like how hard it is to get the job done, but now now there is so much tech, so much so many insights out there to help. And like I mentioned earlier, I think the great thing that's happening in our industry is that companies are realizing the importance of like the front end of that pipeline, and competing now is getting harder to do when you know these tools are out there. So it's if you're not using them, there is that sense of, all right, we got to catch up because they're going to come after us if we're not coming after them.
0: I love it, man. I love it. Well, dude, this has been awesome, man. I Thank you so much. I know that I put you on the spot a little bit, but I think <laughs> yeah, it, it was a great conversation. Really appreciate you coming on. Right after this, I'm going to go do a demo of Six Sense because I, I, now you're getting into the smaller companies, so maybe we can afford it. But thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. I cannot, I'm, I'm just honored to be able to meet you and as this next generation of, of sales leader. And I appreciate you sharing that wisdom with the listeners. How can we get in touch with you if people want to learn more about you or what you're doing at Sixth Sense?
1: Yeah. So, well, first off, thanks for having me on honored to be here as well and enjoyed the chat and yeah for, for me anyone can hit me up on LinkedIn or email mark.ebert at sixcents.com. so one of those two ways be happy to chat easy enough
0: mark thanks so much again for coming on the sales development podcast
1: David thanks for having me talk to you soon thank you for listening to the sales development podcast the only audio forum 100 focused and dedicated to sales development with your host David Delaney Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10Bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10Bound.com.